On this week-ending episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast, we take our final look at the Week 6 matchup between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Green Bay Packers to include the Thursday injury report. And James Yarko is back on the show and has quite the rebuttal for Crossover Thursday guest Peter Bukowski of the Locked On Packers podcast. All of that coming up here on the Locked On Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Bucks Nation, to this episode of the Locked On Bucks Podcast, brought to you by Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. Pepsi, made for football watching. I am David Harrison, and joining me via cell phone is James Yarko. Both of us are writers covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for BucksNation.com. Find me on Twitter at dharrison 82 Find James at jyarko underscore bucks. Find our work over at bucks underscore nation and at locked on bucks for the podcast Twitter page. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Green Bay Packers released their Thursday injury reports with one more to go before this weekend's matchup. And that is your Tampa Bay Buccaneers lead story brought to you by the Locked on Bucks podcast. We are David Harrison and James Yarko and James, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers injury report seems to get longer and longer as the days go on. Levante, David Carlton, Davis, Mike Evans, Leonard Fournette, Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski, LaShawn McCoy, Scotty Miller, Jason Pierre-Paul, Justin Watson, Jordan Whitehead, just to name a few. And then, oh, by the way, Khalil Davis, who is supposed to be a guy who might get some action, finally get his NFL debut in relief for the injured Vita Vea, a limited participant on Wednesday with enlisted as an, with an ankle injury and then did not participate in Thursday. A very bad sign for the rookie. Uh, this isn't a veteran day off. He's he, This is a rookie who has yet to get any NFL action. And then with Vita Vea being out, Obviously, you expect that he's probably going to get a chance to get on the field. So for the Buccaneers to already lose Vita Vea and then possibly have this creep up, maybe lose a young guy who might have an opportunity to get some action in place of that veteran, uh, even it makes things even worse. Throughout that entire list, though, most of those guys are limited participants. Khalil Davis, like we already talked about, did not participate. Jordan Whitehead also did not participate, which is obviously concerning. Uh, the, the strong safety for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who's been such a steady piece of that defense, providing some tackling, providing some coverage here and there. Not really a star player, a guy known for making huge plays, but a guy who has been steady when called upon and a guy that the Buccaneers certainly were probably going to lean on to try to box in Aaron Jones and that Green Bay Packers rushing attack. Which of these, this plethora of injuries uh, concerns you the most as you look at this list for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Well, it's certainly Jordan Whitehead. You know, this secondary has struggled over the past couple of weeks, they're preparing to play the number one offense in the NFL. Losing a starting safety is not going to help matters any. Now, it is encouraging on the flip side of this. Carlton Davis did not participate on Wednesday with an abdomen injury, and he was upgraded to a limited participant on Thursday. So it looks like he's trending in the right direction, which will help as the Packers expect to get Devontae Adams back. He's been a full participant both Wednesday and Thursday at Green Bay practice. So the Buccaneers look to be getting their number one cornerback 
But losing Jordan Whitehead, now you're relying on a safety tandem of rookie Antoine Winfield Jr. and Andrew Adams, who has been good in spots, but he's not as good as Jordan Whitehead by by any means. There's a reason that Whitehead is the starter, because you see some Mike Edwards in there. Uh, Absolutely, especially with some of the injuries that they're dealing with in corner, if Carlton Davis has to come out. Now you're talking about maybe shifting Antoine Winfield Jr. into that slot role that we've seen him play before. You got Mike Edwards in, in the back end there. So it is a little bit concerning to see the laundry list of injured players at practice. But as you said, David, a lot of these are limited participants. I've talked about Carlton Davis training in the right direction. Another guy, Justin Watson, on the offensive side of the ball, wide receiver, missed last week against the Chicago Bears. He's been a full participant both Wednesday and Thursday this week. He's on track to play. So it'll be nice to get Godwin back. It'll be nice to get Justin Watson back. It'll be nice to to have Mike Evans nursing that ankle. I'm not too worried about his did not participate on Wednesday or his limits on Thursday. As we know, if you miss even one snap, you have to be listed as a limited participant on the injury report. So by and large, it looks like these injuries are trending in the right direction, but I'm really, really concerned that the Bucks may be without Jordan Whitehead on Sunday. Absolutely. I think Jordan Whitehead is a guy that we've talked about on this show plenty of times. We've actually written about on BucksNation.com. Kind of an underrated factor. Levante David has been kind of nationally underrated, but I think even within Bucks Nation itself, Jordan Whitehead is a little bit of an underrated factor, and if he can't go uh, on Sunday against Green Bay Packers, I think we're going to find out just how big of a role he plays and see how these guys do uh, kind of kind of plugging in those holes. Flipping over to the Green Bay Packers side of things now, we've been talking this week about the potential returns of wide receiver Devontae Adams and def- defensive lineman Kenny Clark, both gentlemen full practices for Wednesday and Thursday. So uh, outside of any type of you know unexpected aggravations of their injuries, definitely not wishing that on those two those two those two players. You're probably going to see them suiting up for the Packers. Uh, Jair Alexander was a limited participant on Wednesday, upgraded a full participant uh, on on Thursday. And then really the biggest news, I suppose, or the biggest impact here is that Kevin King, cornerback, who's got a quadricep injury, has not practiced all week uh, going through Thursday. And then Mercedes Lewis, the tight end, was a limited participant Wednesday, downgraded to a full, did not participate on Thursday. So that's another weapon that Aaron Rodgers may be missing. But I think the when you do the math, adding Devontae Adams, looting, losing Mercedes Lewis, you still come out in the green. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and as you said, Kevin King, that's the, the biggest glaring uh, absence on the Packers injury report. You know, the, the Packers defense has not been great this year, They've but they've been saved by how good the Packers offense has been. Losing a starting corner like Kevin King when the Bucks receivers appear to be coming back healthy, that could spell some trouble for the Green Bay Packers. We're already assuming that this game is going to be a little bit of a shootout. Not having a corner like King on the field for the Packers is just going to benefit the Buccaneers offense. That is a matchup we're going to be looking for on Sunday, and that's something that we're going to be talking a little bit deeper into as we get deeper into this episode. And I know that on the other side of this, James, you've got some words, some reactions based off of the crossover episode that I put together with Locked On Packers host Peter Bukowski. And we're going to let you get those words out here in just a minute. But before we do, we're going to share some words from one of our favorite sponsors, and that is Built Bar. However, we're going to talk about their new product called Built Go. Whether it's a mental or physical wall, break through your walls with Built Go every day. They come in easy to take one and a half ounce packages. You can put them in your briefcase, put them in your golf bag, put them in your pocket, put them in your purse, whatever you need. 
to put it into to carry. You can do it easily. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's like a five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for your body. Built Go comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. How does it work? Well, it's very simple. It's built with collagen protein, which is fast absorbing, so it gets into your system fast, and it's easy on your stomach. It's loaded with good stuff, and it gives you a kick to keep you going strong, things including B6, B12. The collagen itself promotes joints, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. The stuff is literally going to make you look better, guys. All you have to do right now is go to BuiltGo.com, use a promo code LOCKED, and you will get 20% off of your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED for 20% off your next order at BuiltGo.com. Back now here to wrap up the week on the Locked On Bucks podcast, David Harrison and James Yarko. And guys, if you didn't catch the crossover episode, the crossover Thursday episode I did with Peter Bukowski, the host of the Locked On Packers podcast, I highly recommend that you download that thing. Go over to your favorite podcast platform just like this one. Download that episode and take a listen to it because Peter, like pretty much all of our crossover guests, uh, expert about the Green Bay Packers, covers the Green Bay Packers on a daily basis the way that James and I cover your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Dropped a lot of good knowledge, a lot of insight into what we can expect when we see Green Bay come into Tampa and try to uh, send the Buccaneers to a 3-3 three and three record. Instead, the Bucs are going to be looking to send them to a 4-1 and one record, their first loss. And I hope, anyway, we're going to see Aaron Rodgers get intercepted for the first time in the 2020 NFL season. Now, James, you have been waiting to record this episode with me because you messaged me right after you listened to the episode. And first off, you 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 complimented the episode, which I greatly appreciate. Um, however, you oh, also absolutely. said that you had some words for Mr. Peter Bukowski. So I'm going to make sure to tag him in the episode tweet so he knows to come in here and check out what you had to say. But let Bucks Nation know uh, how you're feeling about what our crossover guest said on yesterday's episode. Well, and I like Peter. Good guy. Does a great job covering the Packers. And, you know, he even said it on the episode that he was going to have Bucks fans coming after him for basically coming out and saying that he's just flat out not impressed by the Buccaneers. They're not as good as advertised. You know, they're not as good as people wanted them to be in the offseason, which I can understand. You know, they, they haven't blown the doors off anybody they haven't you know shocked the rodeo they're not coming out five and oh i get it there there has been some slow starts for this buccaneers team but let's talk a little bit about the green bay packers because i started thinking about it david and i started diving into it a little bit everybody's going crazy over the packers number one offense aaron Rodgers, no interceptions aaron jones what a phenomenal running back who have they played david they've played the new orleans saints they did. They played the Minnesota Vikings, yep. the Detroit Lions, yep. and the Atlanta Falcons. Yikes. So let's take a look at this for a moment against this vaunted, dangerous, unstoppable Green Bay Packers offense. Scoring defenses. The New Orleans Saints, 26th in the NFL, allowing 30 points per game. Minnesota Vikings, 28th in the NFL, 30.4 points per game. Detroit Lions, 29th allowing 31.8 points per game, and the Atlanta Falcons, 30th, 32.2 points per game. Just for a frame of reference, the Buccaneers, 8th, 22.4 points per game. Let's dive into yards. Let's dive into yards allowed by these defenses. The New Orleans Saints, 7th, respectable, 337.4 yards allowed per game. Minnesota, 25th. 404 yards per game. Detroit Lions, 27th, 
405 yards per game. And the Atlanta Falcons, 31st, 446 yards per game. The Bucks, for a frame of reference, second in the NFL, 298.2 yards per game. We're going to take it one step further. Everybody loves Aaron Rodgers. I get it. He's my fantasy quarterback, but so is Tom Brady. We're going to dive into the passing defenses. Detroit Lions, 13th in the NFL, 234.8 yards per game. New Orleans, 14th at 237.2. Minnesota, 27th, 271.4 yards through the air per game. And finally, the Atlanta Falcons, 31st in the NFL, allowing 335.8 yards per game to opposing quarterbacks. Buccaneers, again, frame of reference, 16th, allowing 239.8. So that tells you how good their their run defense is. So, David, now we have the chicken and the egg conversation. Are these defenses through five weeks in the NFL down this low in the rankings because they faced the Packers? Or are the Packers doing this well because they faced such horrendous defenses? It could be a little bit of both. It could be. But I'm leaning more towards the Packers are blowing the doors off these people, even missing their number one and now number two receivers, because the defenses they face are terrible. I mean, those are some those are some some hard to refute uh, statistics that you just dropped there. Uh, One thing that I will say, though, too. So something that Peter and I talked about, he asked me. Uh, kind of how I felt about the state of the Buccaneers, right? And and I kind of gave my answer. I'm not going to rehash it here, but if you want to hear it, you can head over to the Locked On Packers podcast and listen to his episode of our crossover Thursday because that's where you're going to hear most of what I had to say um, on that side of the conversation. And one and, and at one point in the conversation, very early in the conversation, I mentioned how you know the Buccaneers uh, matched up against like the teams like the Seattle Seahawks, who are considered kind of the top of the NFC right now. And he kind of asked me, you know, why did you say the Seahawks, but you don't say the Packers? And, and I kind of talked about some stuff. And, and as you were talking about all that, that's, it's very interesting. So it kind of got me thinking. And the Seahawks and Packers actually share two common opponents this season, the Minnesota Vikings and the Atlanta Falcons. Now, the Seattle Seahawks have also played the New England Patriots and the Dallas Cowboys, whereas the Green Bay Packers played the Detroit Lions and the New Orleans Saints. I think maybe kind of a push you know, on there. Maybe if you, if you want to give a tilt, I think you give a tilt to the Seattle Seahawks on those two teams that they've played in addition to the teams of the Packers. Uh, play. Do you agree on that, or do you disagree on that? Uh, I, I would. I would agree. Yeah, I think Cowboys and Patriots. It, it seems harder than Saints and Lions. You know what I mean. So I give the Seahawks a little bit of an edge there. Now the Seahawks did play an extra game. You know, compared to the Packers because the Packers were on a bye week already, and in that game they played the Miami Dolphins. So you know, call that what you want. Uh, you know, Fitzmagic has had some Fitzmagic moments, but he's also had some Ryan Fitzpatrick moments. Uh, so it is what it is. So yeah, I mean, really, when you look at it, both of these teams. Uh, that are undefeated in, in the NFC right now. Really, the the opponents that they face have not all have not exactly been, you know, what you would probably call top shelf opponents. But really, right now across the, the NFL, I think what we're seeing is, you know, what what a lot of people. I know a lot of people don't want to talk about it anymore, especially going into Week Six. And I'm with you, but we're we're all kind of seeing kind of a reverberation of the lack of offseason programming of programs and the lack of the preseason ramp up to the season. And you're seeing a lot of these quote unquote challengers kind of fall by the wayside. And really you're, you're left with a race that right now, I mean, if we were to enter the playoffs right now, I think the only teams anybody would be really afraid of are the Packers, the Seahawks, and probably the chiefs. Um, even though they just got beat by the, by the Las Vegas Raiders. 
And, you know, so that's really kind of what it's boiled down to now. Now we're going to see, I think we're going to see the NFL kind of get into its groove. And then as we get into December football, you're going to see the real challengers for the throne kind of announce themselves. Of course, the Chiefs getting Le'Veon Bell, not going to hurt their case, of course. Um, but but I like what you point out, James. I mean, the Packers have faced some some weaker type of enemies, some defense that are that are giving up a lot of yards, a lot of points. And the Packers themselves have given up, given up a lot of yards, a lot of points. Um, but to Peter's credit, just because he's not here to defend himself, I did listen uh, to to the to the crossover episode. You know that I like to make sure that my audio sounds good and that all the the cues are done right. So I do go back and listen to it. Um, and he did mention on his own episode that you know that there are some things that the Packers need to clean up. There's some defensive concerns that he's gotten and, and everything else. And so, so a little bit of context, right? The the reason I asked Peter how he thought about the Buccaneers looking from it. Uh, from his, you know, I said the Packers perch, right? Is because I find it really interesting how the outside world has looked at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers throughout the offseason and then how they see them entering the season. And what you hear in Peter Bukowski's answer is very much kind of what the norm has been, in my experience, talking to people who aren't close to the Buccaneers because the the national narrative about the Bucs is something that Buccaneers fans, Bucs Nation, the Buccaneers themselves really aren't that used to. The national narrative all offseason since the arrival of Tom Brady has been Super Bowl contender. And so Peter's sure. impression of what the Buccaneers are supposed to be right now really isn't so much a problem or a fault of his. It's a fault of the fact that he is getting most of his information about what the Buccaneers are going to be from those national media outlets, the good morning footballs of the world, you know, the first takes and, and all that stuff. And those guys have been touting the Buccaneers as title contenders from, you know, midsummer. Uh, whereas James, I mean, you and I, we've, we've come in and talked about, and you know, I'm a big fan of hype. I'm always, I'm always all about if the fans can get excited about something, I want them to get excited, but we've also been talking about how there's going to be growing pains. There's going to be a ramp up. There's going to be a period where this team has got to get into a groove. You know, something that we were talking about a lot early last season that we're not talking about this season. The fact that quarterbacks tend to struggle a little bit more the first year in a Bruce Arian system. We're not talking about that this year. So we were talking about it last year. People talked about it with Carson Palmer in Arizona. So I kind of wonder why that's not coming up this year. And I think it's because of the goat status that Tom Brady brings up. But then you listen to us talk and you listen to the Pewter Nation podcast. You listen to the Pewter cast. And then you listen to, so Trevor Sikama was on the Locked On Packers podcast earlier this week because Peter brought him on as a, as a Buccaneers expert. I believe it was his Monday episode. You go back to that and Peter kind of brings up the same question. How does Trevor see the Buccaneers compared to how they were expected to be seen. And in Trevor's answer, you hear a guy who says, I get the excitement, I'm paraphrasing, but you get the excitement, but also coming from a realistic standpoint, you knew this was going to take time. And that's what we're seeing is a unit that's going to take that time. They need that time. And they're slowly getting better. Getting healthy, as we talked about in segment one, is a huge part of that. So if they can get their guys back on the field, it's going to go a long way to getting this entire unit back on track and and on the pace that everybody wants them to be. But I, I like the the differences and the contrast in people who are close to the bucks or cover the bucks and their answers to those types of questions. And the ones from people who don't, because it shows you just how different people saw this team coming into the 2020 season. Yeah. And, and again, I, I was having a little fun. I, I absolutely respect what, what Peter said about the Buccaneers um, because it is, it is taking some time and, and people don't want it to take time. You bring in Tom Brady, you want to be going into this matchup against the Packers sitting at four and one or five and oh, and that was never, never really realistic. I don't think, you know, I realized that I picked them to be sitting at four and one at this point, but 
you know, it, it is taking some time and they'll continue to, to get used to it. But my, my main point now is that even with the Buccaneers offensive struggles to this point, even with their defensive struggles the past couple of weeks, they are not facing an unbeatable juggernaut of a team. Absolutely, James. And we're going to dive a little bit deeper into this week six matchup between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Green Bay Packers. But first, we're going to let a few of our sponsors get some messages out. So stick with us. We'll be right back here at the Locked On Bucks podcast. All right, guys, we're back here for our final segment of today's episode of Locked On Bucks podcast. David Harrison, James Yarko. And we've talked a lot about reactions and kind of thoughts about this game. But now we're going to get into a little bit more of a specific type of feel here. And James, I'll, I'll kick it off with you. Let's talk key matchups. So we've, we've touched on Aaron Jones. You talked touched on Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, you know, uh, all this other stuff. What is the key matchup in this game for you uh, for the, in order for the, that is going to help dictate whether or not the Buccaneers defend home turf and send Green Bay home with a loss? It's absolutely, for me, Carlton Davis against Devontae Adams. This guy wants to be touted as the number one corner in the NFL. He wants to be discussed with the other big name corners across the NFL, well, he's going to have a big test going up against Devontae Adams, who is one of the best, not as good as Mike Evans, receivers in the NFL. He has to do to Devontae Adams what he did to Michael Thomas in week one, which was shut him down. But I need to see him do it without getting a pass interference call against him. Can we, can please, Carlton, can we get to one week? without a defensive pass interference. I'm going to stick in the secondary for my key matchup, but I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers secondary. And I'm looking at Josh Jackson. Kevin King with that injury, again, hasn't practiced through Thursday. We do have one more practice report or injury report to come out, but the fact that he hasn't practiced uh, does not bode well for him playing in this matchup. And if he doesn't, according to Peter, Josh Jackson is the guy that's going to step up in that position, have to guard whoever the Buccaneers' number two wide receiver is. Chris Godwin has been back on the field all week. Fully expect Chris Godwin to be playing this weekend. Scotty Miller getting getting back to getting healthy with that extended break from the Thursday night game. Uh, Tyler Johnson looked good in the, in the opportunities he had last week uh, against the Chicago Bears. This Packers secondary has got a matchup coming towards them that they're they're not equipped to handle as far as I'm concerned if they don't have Kevin King. So we're going to move now, James, over to our bold predictions. My bold prediction Coming out of last week, Ronald Jones has back-to-back 100-yard rushing games. It's the first time since 2016 the Buccaneers have had a back-to-back 100-yard rusher. We're going to make that three weeks in a row. Ronald Jones is going to come in here, and I know Kenny Clark is back, but I feel like Ronald Jones is on a tear. I really hope that Byron Leftwich is planning on leaning on the success that he's had. Listen, they say the best ability is availability. Ronald Jones has been the most available offensive skill player for Tom Brady this season. Let's reward that. Let's feed him a little bit. Uh, you guys saw on Twitter, if you if you follow the show on Twitter, we sent out the graphic. We use the hashtag FeedRojo. That's what we're trying to do. Feed Rojo. Byron, if you're listening to the show, please give Ronald Jones the ball. See what he can do against his Packers defense. Keep Aaron Rodgers off the field as much as possible. The Green Bay Packers are one of the best defenses in the National Football League, forcing three and outs. Please lean on him. So that's my bold prediction is Rojo gets another 100-yard game. But if that's not bold enough for you, I'm also going to say – that Scotty Miller is going to have a 100-yard receiving game, James. So Rojo, 100 yards on the ground. Scotty Miller, 100 yards through the air. You double up on bold predictions and don't take mine with either of your picks. I love it. Fantastic. Um, David, you mentioned it earlier. Aaron Rodgers, this season, zero interceptions. Do you know how many turnovers the Packers have as a team 
this season. None. No lost fumbles from their running backs. No lost fumbles from their receivers or tight ends. No bot snap. None of it. Full prediction. The Buccaneers are getting not one, but two takeaways in this game. They will give Aaron Rodgers his first interception of the season, and they will force a fumble and recover it against the Packers, one of each, for the Buccaneers' defense in this game against the Packers. And, David, that's exactly how the tide is going to shift in this one. So with that, let's dive into final score predictions. I am taking the Buccaneers. The Green Bay Packers are a facade. They have played terrible defenses. They are going to get exposed this Sunday. I don't, that's a little facetious. The Packers are a really good football team, everybody. Don't, don't take this out of context. They are a phenomenal football team, but the Buccaneers are going to be better on Sunday. I will take the Bucs 38 to 35. 38 to 35. I like it. So right now over at my bookie, uh, the Tampa or the Green Bay Packers rather are favored by a point and a half. Listen, this line opened up with the Buccaneers being favored by two and a half points. Eventually it flipped all the way over to the Packers being favored by two and a half points. And now it's back all the way to one and a half. I mean, this is almost an even line uh, and we don't see that very often. So that's how close this game is being called even by the books. So it, it's a good, it's going to be a good competition. We expect a good game. We expect a high scoring game. The over under on this thing is 55 and a half points. So definitely ex- expecting an exciting game for all you, you football fans out there to watch. Listen, I understand everything that James said about the Green Bay Packers, and I agree really wholeheartedly with a lot of it. However, the return of Devontae Adams is big. The return of Kenny Clark is big. And it actually makes me a little bit nervous about my own bold prediction with Ronald Jones. I'm just really hoping that we see this offense kind of dedicate a little bit of effort to getting Rojo running. And so that's why I'm kind of hoping we're going to still see that. All that being said, something the Packers have not done, even though they haven't played the best defenses in, 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 the, in the NFL, they also have not put themselves in positions to have plays that could potentially result in turnovers, and that's huge. Because even when you're playing against a bad defense, you usually still see a defensive back get a hand on a ball that maybe they should have caught. That's why they don't play wide receiver, all those cliches. The Packers are not doing that right now. And because of those things, I look at the other side of the field, and the Buccaneers, just being honest, they are doing those things right now. They're doing things to shoot themselves in the foot. The Packers are not doing those things to shoot themselves in the foot. The Packers are coming off of a bye week. They've had two weeks to plan for this game. It's Aaron Rodgers. It's Devontae Adams. I'm going Packers 27-24. Sorry, guys. It's just how I feel about it. Hopefully, I'm wrong. I'll be happy to come on here on our Monday episode, James, and, and admit that I was wrong and have all the voicemails in the world coming here telling me that I was, you know, I'm that they're ashamed of me or disappointed in me for picking against the Bucs. But I got to go with my gut. Green Bay Packers by three points. That's my score prediction. James, any final thoughts before we wrap up this week? Uh, just that you're horrendously wrong and I can't wait to mercilessly ridicule about it, uh, on Monday's episode because you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. Bucks win everybody. Bucks win four and two hand in the Packers. Their first loss to the season. Let's go. I'd love to see it guys. So I'm all, I'm all here for it, but, and we will be back Monday. If you want to chime in, of course, you can call in. James, what's that number? It is 813-444-5841. And real quick, before you finish the rest of the outro, this worked during the Stanley Cup Finals. It worked during the playoffs. Everybody, send those good vibes to the Tampa Bay Rays. They were up three games to none. Houston is trying to battle back. The series is 3-2. Good thoughts, good vibes to the Tampa Bay Rays. Get them 
to the World Series. All right. And if that happens, fantastic. We will be back on Monday to talk about whatever happens in this week six matchup between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Green Bay Packers. Until then, find James and I over on Twitter at JR underscore Bucks and at D Harrison82. Find everything we're writing about your Tampa Bay Buccaneers at BucksNation.com. On Twitter at Bucks underscore Nation. Find the show at Locked On Bucks. And until then, stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, be good to each other. And we thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked On Bucks.